Good morning. Striking gold. Overnight snowboarder Lindsay Jacob Ellis wins the first gold medal for Team USA. Her remarkable moment of redemption, 16 years in the making after one of the most notorious mistakes in Olympic history. She'll join us to tell us all about her big win. Heartbreak. Michaela Schifrin fails to finish in her second straight event, an Olympic stunner. Devastated and in disbelief, crouched in the snow just off the course for more than 20 minutes. What happened and will she ski again in Beijing? We'll talk with Lindsey Vaughn live. Clutch performance. After an early wobble, Sean White nails an all or nothing final run to lead three American men into the half pipe final. And on the women's side, Chloe Kim dominates, grabbing the top spot and poised to go for gold tonight. Those stories plus soaring to silver. Team USA's Colby Stevenson throws down a big trick to grab a medal in big air. What he overcame that makes this moment a miracle. He's with us live. And Nathan's night. After that world record shattering start, the figure skating star now on the brink of being crowned Olympic champion with one more skate to go. Today, Wednesday, February 9th, 2022. From NBC News, this is a special edition of Today, the Winter Olympics with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb live from Rockefeller Plaza. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to today. It's Wednesday morning. So glad you started it with us as we began our morning on Olympic Plaza. Our Olympic Plaza is definitely shaping up. Okay, guys, the Olympics deliver emotional drama and overnight, boy, did we see plenty of it, including Team USA winning its very first gold of these games. Yeah, it happened in snowboard cross. The athlete, 36-year-old Lindsay Jacob Ellis. <laughs> this is an amazing comeback story. And we'll talk to her all about it in just a moment. Meantime, for the second time in 48 hours, it was heartbreak on the slopes for Michaela Schifrin, this time failing to finish in her very best event. Overnight, this image quickly became a defining one for the games. So far, Schifrin sitting alone on the side of that slalom course, her head in her hands. She stayed that way for more than 20 minutes. The, the course actually, the, the other riders kept going, the skiers mm -hmm. kept going. She still was there. Mm. In a moment, we're going to talk to skiing legend and Schiffen's former teammate, Lindsey Vaughn. All right, with us now is the woman responsible for Team USA's first gold of these games. Oh, nothing. She's just 36 years old. <laughs> Snowboard cross legend, Lindsey Jacob Bellis. Lindsey, I know you've waited many years for this gold. How did it feel when you learned? that you had won it? It was a pretty incredible feeling. I didn't start off that strong, so I was happy to be able to change that around. This is an unusually long day for us. We never do time trials and heat on the same day, and we actually had an extended heat. Normally, we have 16 girls starting in brackets, and we started at 32, so it was an race so it was especially fatiguing and I was just happy that I was able to have strong starts to give myself a lead so I could just stay away from traffic. <laughs> did, did, Lindsay did you feel it in your bones? Yeah. Was that like a thing where you're like this is it I got the gold medal today. I got this. I would say coming into the first big jump before turn one when I was still in the lead it went through my head like oh this is possible and I just have to be executing and have no mistakes. 
Well, and I was Lindsay, you know what? You're not going to believe this. I was actually in Torino, too, uh, back then in the day. And you were right there, close to a gold. You ended up with a silver. Was that kind of the driving force as you've gone toward these Olympic Games? Like, not that again? Um, I mean, the Olympics has always been challenging for me because I have not been able to get the result I've wanted to. And unfortunately, our sport has so many variables that it's hard to be consistent with it. And it doesn't always work out for you. So um, looking at the individual and competitor I am now, not really much has changed besides just the years on my, on my legs and uh injuries and ups and downs but I've definitely learned a lot and you know these past couple of years definitely had you know surgery and uh, not really even getting on top of the podium in the last couple of years but was in the mix so I felt like I was definitely potential for a podium and it really just came to fruition uh, in that last that you know this could happen and I was just so thrilled to actually even make it into finals I wasn't even looking for gold I wanted to just enjoy this experience so much because there is so much stress put on athletes to perform here at this event when they compete against usually the same individuals year-round it's just a bigger stage and it's a it's a bigger title so uh, there's just a lot more pressure. Wow. You lived up to that pressure. Nobody's talking about the past anymore. It's just <laughs> Olympic champion Lindsay Jacob Ellis. You know they were your friends set off a firework for you in Hawaii overnight. Yeah, you got some. You got a good posse at home. <laughs> well, you're loved. Uh, congratulations. This gold was a long time coming. We're so proud of you. You made us proud. Congratulations, Linz. First gold for Team USA. Yes. Belongs to Lindsay Jacob Ellis in the record books. Lindsay, thank you. Well, that's a happy story, but we turn now to the stunning struggles for Team USA star Michaela Schifrin, the world's most dominant skier, failing to finish her second straight Olympic event. And joining us now is NBC Olympics correspondent gold medalist Lindsay Vaughn. Lindsay, gosh, we did not think we'd be having this conversation 24 hours ago. Just, I mean, what do you, what, what do you make of it? What did you think when that happened? I mean, it's so shocking because she's so consistent. I mean, that's really been one of the cornerstones of her athletic career has been how consistent she's been. And I just don't think anyone saw it coming. But, you know, I think one thing to keep in, in mind is that ski racing is everything happens so fast. Yeah. You know, there's no room for error. And I think she was trying to articulate in the finish area comparing it to tennis. You know, in tennis and other sports, you have time to make mistakes yeah. and come back. And ski racing... You know, it can be over in a few seconds. So that's a normal part of ski racing. Unfortunately, it's not normal for her. So she just, you know, really needs to find a way to hopefully put that behind her and move forward. And she has three more chances to win medals in these games. Well, she was talking about how it made her rethink her 15 years in the sport. I thought that that was such a profound statement. This wasn't about a whoops. She seems to be reflecting on her entire career in this moment. I mean, I think what she's what she was trying to articulate there is is she's she's always been confident in her yeah. scheme. She's always had a game plan and executed it, and it's always worked out in her favor. And so, you know, she had that same game plan. She felt like she was pushing the limits and executing, and it didn't work out. And so, because she's been so consistent, she's not used to not finishing with that great mm -hmm. game plan. So she just has to readjust. You know, 
compose herself, take a couple days to you know really figure out what she wants to do, take a deep breath, and you know, this is all a part of athletics, um, part of the Olympics, and I have no doubt that she's going to regroup and come back. I mean, it's just so hard because what she's talking about is a loss of confidence. Not yeah. only did she say like I, everything I thought I knew about my yeah. own skiing, but also what she thought she knew about how to reset. Yeah. She's like, obviously my reset didn't work, didn't work and then right. you just have to feel for her. I mean, do you think there's a chance she just says, I'm done with the Olympics? Yeah. She kind of hinted like, okay, there are other skiers who are just as fast. Yeah. I mean, she seems really torn in this moment. I mean, I definitely think there's a lot of emotions, and she's obviously really upset, as she should be. But, you know, I, I, if I were her, I wouldn't make any rash decisions. You know, she, I think she just needs to take a minute and really think and take a deep breath and be around her her mother and, you know, her boyfriend and her, her teammates and uh, just feel the support of everyone and, and not, you know, not think the worst. You know, she just has to keep things in perspective, try, if she can, to regroup and look forward to the next races. I, I honestly have no idea what her decision will be, if she will continue to race or not but she has the ability to win in the remaining three events. So I really hope to see her. I'm always cheering for her. And, you know, again, this is just really heartbreaking to see, but she's so so talented, has had such a storied career, and this does not define her yeah. career in any way. It By doesn't. The way, and I was right just thinking there. about yeah. that because obviously there's a parallel with what happened with Simone yeah. in the Summer Olympics. And I think Simone later said, like, she thought the whole world must be thinking how terrible she was. And it was the opposite. It was the exact Everybody opposite. Everybody was rooting for her yeah. and saying, like, you can do it. And I wish we could somehow get that message to Michaela, like, you know, yeah. we're you don't have anything to prove. No, you yeah. don't. Just keep going and do your best. And you've already proven yeah. everything you've Well, I'm really to. happy that her boyfriend put that message yeah. out yeah. there. And I'm so glad that he's there supporting her because it really is about keeping things in perspective. You know, it's there's so much pressure put on these athletes. It's so hard to perform. And, you know, one mistake, mm. you know, it's it's it happens it does. and they're everyone's human all right Lindsay, all right thank you thank you Lynn, for that perspective all right we're gonna get our first check of the weather from mr roger hey, hey guys good morning we got a warm-up coming up uh, maybe punk stony field was right after all look at this we're talking about temperatures 50 degrees uh, 15 degrees above average in omaha 50 lexington 50 boston's gonna see 39 that's three degrees above average tomorrow we get a little bit of a dip as the cool front comes in bringing cooler temperatures for chicago but look at how warm from burlington Washington, Nashville, up to Rapid City, looking much warmer. But then, boom, we drop the hammer again by the weekend. Temperatures into the 20s in Chicago, 30s in Philadelphia. But you want some warmth? Go west, young man or woman, because we are talking about heat advisories from Malibu down to Temecula, Mission Viejo. Temperatures near 90 degrees. Warm winds coming out. We're looking today at temperatures, possible records from Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Fresno, on into Phoenix. Tomorrow, more of the same and going into the weekend more warm weather in fact in the next half hour or in the next hour we're going to take a look at what this means for the super bowl could be one of the warmest ever and that is your latest weather guys okay, Al. Al, thank you coming up the intense spotlight on nathan chen now as he gets set to skate for gold tonight we're going to talk about the pressure of this moment with someone who knows all about it 1988 gold medal winner brian boitano plus uh, american colby stevenson grabbing big Air Silver competing in a remarkable comeback. That, by the way, after a near-fatal car crash. In fact, he calls it a miracle. We're so looking forward to chatting with Colby live. But first, this is Today on NBC. Hi, everyone. I'm Jenna Bush Hager from Today with Hoda and Jenna and the Read with Jenna book club. There's nothing I love more than sharing my favorite reads with all of you, except maybe talking to the exceptional authors behind these stories. 
And that's what I'll be doing on my podcast, Read with Jenna. I'll be introducing you to some of my favorite writers. These conversations will leave you feeling inspired and entertained. To start listening, just search Read with Jenna wherever you get your podcasts. Join Hoda Kotfi for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up, the road to recovery for Team USA skier Nina O'Brien after her scary crash on the giant slalom. We're so happy to say she's out of the hospital and she'll join us live. But first, this is Today on NBC. this Wednesday morning. Our crowd is pumped. We got supporters of Team USA and we want to say a happy birthday to famed composer John Williams. He's the man behind the soundtrack of the Olympics. Oh, I love it. Okay, and anyway, it's been written for the games. It was back in 84, the games in LA uh, turned 90 yesterday. John Williams yes. turned 90. He yes. wrote that for the 84 games. Cool. It's amazing. He has the most Oscar nominations, by the way, of any living person. 52. That's and a well great deserved. stat. Wow. All, All right. the good signs. Meanwhile, I want to get you caught up on some of the morning's other headlines and a staggering new milestone this morning in the fight against the coronavirus. The world surpassed 400 million known COVID cases yesterday, just one month after reaching 300 million. In the meantime, as several states begin to relax indoor mask mandates, data from the CDC suggests those new measures might be coming too soon. According to the agency, people in more than 3,200 counties or 99% of the U.S., should still be wearing masks. That is based on new case rates in those regions. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell breaking with the Republican National Committee yesterday by calling January 6th a, quote, violent insurrection. The RNC recently referred to the Capitol riot as, quote, legitimate political discourse. McConnell also criticized the RNC's decision to censure two Republican members of the House. Uh, I, I do, but the, the issue is whether or not the RNC should be sort of singling out members of our party who may have different views from the majority. That's not the job of the RNC. The comments come just days after the RNC voted to censure House members Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger because of their support for the January 6th committee. The countdown is on to the Super Bowl kickoff now just four days away. The Cincinnati Bengals arrived in Los Angeles ahead of the big game. They got there yesterday. Their opponent, the L.A. Rams, didn't have much of a commute as, of course, they're the local team. This year's Super Bowl just happens to be at SoFi Stadium in their hometown. You can catch the big game right here on NBC 
this Sunday. That's why they call this once in a lifetime. We've got the Olympics. Got everything. And the Super Bowl. One-stop shopping. Never change your channel. Right, exactly. Yeah, the Super Bowl sandwiched in between the two weeks of the Olympics. All right, let's get back to the Winter Olympics. Tonight's big events. Team USA's Nathan Chen back on the ice looking to complete his quest for figure skating gold after that world record setting performance in the short program. With us now is one of those American champions, the 1988 gold medal winner, Brian Boitano. He's part of NBC's coverage as co-host of the Olympic Ice on Peacock. Brian, very few people have been where you all, you have been and where Nathan Chen is today. Will you tell us what you think he is, what's going through him as he leads into this free skate? Well, you know, he has improved so much since Pyeongchang. Not only has his technical ability improved, I mean, he was the quad king back then. He's just a better version of a quad king now. His capacity to handle the mental pressure, he looks focused, determined. He looks so relaxed on the ice the other night. It's such control. Um, and all he has to do really is skate a good program, which he knows he can, and he had a great start with that short program. So he's probably feeling very calm, relaxed, and focused, and he just knows it's within his reach because it's all about him. If he skates well, he will win. I mean, he has the skills, the technical ability that, I mean, they always say, like, if he's skating at his best, you can't catch him. How about the placement? Because he's last to skate. When I saw that, I, my heart sank a little yeah. bit because I thought that's hard to do that. That is a really good question because it is hard. He's going to be off the ice for almost 45 minutes after his six-minute warm-up. Um, and, you know, it's really hard to keep your warm-up through a 45-minute, you know, waiting time. Um, so a lot of skaters will take their skates off. I don't know, it's a personal preference. They'll take their skates off, stay warm in the way that they can, and then get back on. The other thing too, guys, is that he's going to know how everybody skated ahead of him. He's going to hear the marks, so he's going to know the feeling in the building and how um, they've all performed before him. So it's going to be a huge pressure situation for him. But you know what? he's going to be able to do it because he's Nathan Chen. Brian, I know the skating group is kind of like a posse. Have you had a chance to communicate with Nathan Chen? No, the last time I communicated with them, it was just a good luck text ah. that I said going in. I just, you know, I feel paternal toward, <laughs> I, hey, I feel maternal and paternal toward, toward all these skaters. You know, it's like I get nervous for them. So I just wanted him to know that we are looking at him, we see him, and we're sending him best wishes and you I, he's such a great guy too he's like generous kind mm -hmm. to his competitors he's just he's as good of a person as he is a skater yeah. well maybe we need to get on a text yeah. chain because we feel very maternal yes, too we, we freak out we can't take the pressure so um <laughs> we'll all be in it tonight as we watch thank nathan you, do his thing brian thank you and of course you can watch nathan chen go for the gold tonight live right here on NBC. The coverage begins at 8 o'clock Eastern. Coming up next, a shining moment for American Colby Stevenson going big to take silver in big air, and you will not believe what he overcame just to ski again. He's with us live coming up after these messages. We're back and we are ready to chat with one of Team USA's latest and most inspiring medal oh, winners. You could say that again. Free skier Colby Stevenson put together two impressive runs to capture the silver medal in the big air final. I could watch that all day long. And when you hear the backstory, where he was just six years ago in that hospital bed after a terrible car crash, well, 
He calls it a miracle, and it is nothing short of that. Well, the new Olympic silver medalist is with us now. We want to get to your backstory, which is fascinating. But can you just tell us, Colby, I see that medal around your neck. Uh, how does it feel to be an Olympic medalist? I mean, it's still setting in right now. Um, Big Air is not my uh, best event, and to go out there and land the tricks that I had in mind and come out with a medal is just out of this world. Um, just it's so incredible. grateful to, yeah. I was just thinking because Lindsay Jacob Ellis was just yeah. on, you know, she just had her gold and she she briefly brought down her mask and smiled. Can you just brief it, bring it down and just give us a quick smile? Yeah. <laughs> there you yes! are! For sure. <laughs> okay, now put it back. We don't want to get you in trouble. Colby, your story is so incredible. And what you overcame to get to that moment mm. and get a silver medal around your neck. You had this car accident six years ago. It was devastating. I mean, I don't think you even knew if you would walk again, let, a, let alone ski again. And what you learned from that, I mean, mm -hmm. I think that's what's really inspiring about your story, what, what you learned um, in that moment and how it got you here. Yeah. Yeah, recovery is just uh, it's a long, long road, and you got to just take it day by day. And uh, you learn to be grateful for the little things in life. Um, you know, we get to take a shower or, you know, go on a hike or, you know, just being a part of this planet is just so, we're so lucky to do that. And um, yeah, after you have something so severe happen in your life or a severe injury like that, you just gotta, it's the only way to look at it is you're just lucky to be alive. And uh, then when you get back to doing the thing you love the most, uh, you're just gonna pursue it with even more passion than you had when you, when you first started. So uh, yeah, it's been a crazy road and uh, just, yeah, through the roof right now of, with excitement and um, just, Got another event this next week too, and it's my favorite one, slope style. So I'm um, yeah, got a lot of momentum going into it, and just can't believe that uh, my life has led up to this moment. It's pretty yeah. wild. Colby, I loved how you said after the accident, you, you felt like you were born again, like your life started all over. We're, we're, we're so happy that this is where it's landed you. Congratulations on your medal, and here's to another one. Yeah, congrats, good luck Colby. Next week. Would be cool. Yeah, Thank you so would much. be. You can feel loose. We yeah. already got the I know, you already got it. Wasn't even in your best event. Let's <laughs> <Who> go. <knows? laughs> Colby, congrats. Thank you, Colby. So well deserved. Wow. Let's go over to Al. Cool. Get another check. About, These are the stories we love. How, How great him? is that? How great is that? Wow. See, and those are the stories you're not yeah. expecting. Yeah. We don't know, and that's what makes it the Olympics. Well, we got some record warmth out west. We were talking about this earlier. A great day from Texas all the way up into the Central Plains. Some snow showers as a clipper comes across the, the Great Lakes and milder temperatures here in the east. And that is your latest weather. All right, Thanks, Al, Al. Thank you. Coming up next, it took a little drama, but Sean White moves on to go for his historic fourth gold medal and Chloe Kim just crushing it in the women's half pipe. What the Team USA stars said to us after their impressive debuts in Beijing. Coming up right after this. Too. Yeah, it's a, we didn't know the plaza had a hill, but it does. Come back. It does. The Olympic does. spotlight on Team USA snowboarding stars Sean White and Chloe Kim. Yeah, they had a big night. They delivered clutch performances overnight to advance to the half-pipe finals, keeping their chances of repeat gold alive and well. NBC's Steve Patterson caught up with both just after their events. Hey, Steve, good morning. Hey, Carson, guys, good morning. As you know, Sean White has been called the greatest snowboarder of all time. And at just 21 years old, Chloe Kim is drawing those same comparisons. And right at this moment, both of them smell gold. 
A snowboarding legend and the sport's biggest phenom putting on a show as they return to the Olympic stage. Sean White and Chloe Kim grabbing big air with their first runs in Beijing. White kicking off his first run strong, but failing to stick the landing following his signature move, a double McTwist 1260, his 19th place standing, adding pressure before his second run. But an impressive performance landed him in the top four heading into the finals. Sean White, I feel like you just pulled a Sean White. You I give did. all of us a heart attack. I can't wait to call my, my mom and my family because they're, they're like, you always do this to us. <laughs> you wait till the last second. Hours earlier, 21-year-old Kim completely dominating the competition during her qualifying round, finishing with the top score, even with an uncharacteristic fall during her second run. The two now ramping up to defend their gold, going into the halfpipe finals. In Pyeongchang, Kim became the youngest person ever, at just 17 years old, to win Olympic gold in women's halfpipe. Now she could break even more ground, becoming the first woman to win multiple and consecutive golds. How do you feel about defending your crown coming up in finals? You think you're going to take gold? I'm going to do my best. It's rare to have such a good half pipe with such great weather conditions. So I'm almost just enjoying it more than like thinking about winning gold. At 35 years old, White is the oldest halfpipe rider ever to participate in the Winter Games. But unlike his last run at gold in 2018, the three-time gold medalist is now competing in unfamiliar territory as an underdog. I'm going to give it everything I have. It's the last of the last. <laughs> I'm not holding back at all. And of course, next up for both, it's the finals with Chloe in action tonight. Guys, oh, let's go! Hey, Order of the on. churros. <laughs> Chloe wanted churros. Churros. Oh, I churros. Yes. All right, coming up, you're going to see it live, actually, during yeah. the primetime Olympic coverage event. You still had guys, the athletes, competing their hearts out at the Olympics while also juggling duties as moms and dads. Oh. We got that story. But first, this is today on NBC.